Listen, guys, uh, if you're watching by way of Facebook or YouTube, make sure you go ahead and share this worship gathering. And you definitely don't want to miss this message. You can share the link to our website as well. I want to take just a moment to introduce my really, really dear friend, Pastor Tony Williams. We've been the closest of friends for three decades. The last time he was with us, he was just uh, retiring from his multiple decades as uh, one of the longest serving pastors here in the San Jose area. Since then, uh, he and his family has become a part of the NBCC community at our campus in San Jose. We are so delighted. So I'm bringing him back now as a part of the family. Get ready to be blessed by my friend, Dr. Tony William. Take it away, man. Good morning or afternoon or evening, wherever you are. I am delighted to be here with New Beginnings uh, Church uh, this morning. Pastor Herman had to be away, and I had the honor of him asking me just to come and to share with you this morning, and I'm delighted to do that. And so thank you again for inviting me. I want to talk about faith this morning, and uh, the subject of the message is how much faith does it take? Uh, in the world we live in, our faith is challenged constantly. I mean, with a troubled economy, with gas prices, food prices, you know, housing prices, world events, there's war and terrorism, the elections, there is fear spreading uh, everywhere, natural disasters as well, earthquakes, fires, floods, tornadoes, and the future and some of the present looks unsure. But the Bible gives us one assurance in 1 John 5 and 4. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And the scriptures go on to tell us four times, as a matter of fact, in scripture. If, says something, if God says something four times in scripture, it's important. He says, the just shall live by faith. He says it in Habakkuk, he says it in Galatians, he says it in Romans, he says it in Hebrews. The just, those who would live right, those who would live correctly, shall live by faith. That is, conduct their lives by faith. And faith is the channel that makes God's possibilities, God's will, God's purpose for our lives available to us. They are all available to us by faith. Hebrews goes on to challenge us in faith. It says, now faith is, Hebrews 1, uh, 11, 1, now faith is, it's not a hope, it's not a dream, it's not just a wish, faith is. It goes on to say it is the substance, it's the title deed, it's the realization of things hoped for. Hope is a future expectation. Faith brings the future into the present. It's the evidence and then it goes on to say that by it, the elders obtained a good report. By faith, the elders, those in the scriptures, received the approval of God. And we all want God's approval. Then we look at verse 3 and it says, By faith we understand that the worlds that were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. And so by faith we understand that God can make something out of nothing. Faith really enables us to see what others can't see. And faith enables us to do what others cannot do. Faith puts our hope 
that future expectation into active service. And so in our text today, uh, the disciples are asking Jesus to increase our faith. And Jesus responds and says that if you had the faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and it would be done and it would obey you. And so Hebrews tells us this, that it's by faith that we honor God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so they're praying just like we would pray, Lord, increase our faith. But the question this morning is simply this, how much faith does it take? And verse six says, if you have the faith as a mustard seed, it's not the size of our faith that is the focus, but faith to be and faith to do what God created you to be and to do. The mustard seed was to grow into a mustard plant. And so it had that faith to be what God created it to be and to do what God created it to do. And it lets us know that a real little faith is sufficient to accomplish what seems to be impossible. And the real need concerning our faith is not about quantity, it's about quality. It's not about more faith, bigger faith, or greater faith, but it's about a real faith that works. And the secret of the mustard seed faith was not about the size. It was the idea of life. A mustard seed has living and growing faith, and we should have living and growing faith, faith in a living God. And so it's not just about the size of our faith, it's about the quality of our faith. And Jesus says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can do the impossible. But how much faith does it take? Let's take a moment and demystify this whole idea about faith. How much faith does it take? It takes enough faith to obey. Can you say that? Enough faith to obey. In Luke, the fifth chapter, uh, Jesus was preaching at the seaside, and as he was preaching, the crowd was pressing in on him. And so he asked Peter if he could get out and get into his boat and finish sharing. And he does just that. And then when he's finished speaking, he tells Peter to launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. He just wants us to have enough faith to do what he asks us to do. Enough faith to do what he says. Peter says in return to him, Master, we've toiled all night. We've fished all over this lake and we have come up empty. We have caught nothing. And he was explaining why it couldn't work. But Jesus says, let down your nets. And the truth is, Sometimes obedience can be the difference between success and failure. And what God asks us to do often may not seem logical, but tell someone next to you, just do it. Just do it. We'll beat Nike at that. It doesn't seem logical. It doesn't mean like it makes any sense. We fished already. It's the morning. We're tired. But listen, 
That's why some disciples grow so slowly and why some believers grow so slowly. They, they, they have these questions. Why? How come? Why not? When is going to happen? And God loves us, but it takes time for him to bring us along in our faith till we get to that point. And when the disciples finally obeyed Jesus and cast their nets on the other side of the boat. They had a boat-sinking, net-breaking miracle, the Bible tells us. And so regardless of our personal understanding or what we can make out of it or what seems logical, how much faith does it take? Just enough faith to obey. Just enough faith to do what he asked us to do. Because Peter says, nevertheless, at thy word, and they let down the nets. And he was simply saying, just because you say so, Lord, we will do it. And they found success and a boat full of fish as a result of obeying. How much faith does it take? It takes enough faith to obey. How much faith does it take? Number two, enough faith to pray. There's a wonderful story in Acts, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 17. Uh, I'll tell you the story. Herod has, was making havoc against the church, and he had James, the brother of John, killed, and he arrested Peter and put Peter in jail. And while Peter was in jail between two guards with two chains, the Bible tells us, around his ankles, there was a prayer meeting going on at Mary's house. Mary was John Mark's mother. And it says in the scripture that, a, but a prayer meeting was going on and constant prayer was being made for Peter. But you know what? It seems like they really weren't expecting anything to happen. But while they were praying, God sent an angel into the jail. He broke Peter's chains off, got Peter up, let him out of the gates of the jail. Peter made his way through the backs of, back streets of that city and came to Mary's house and started knocking on the door. And a little girl named Rhoda came to the door and said, who is it? And he said, it's Peter. And I, I don't know if she said, quit playing. We're in here having a serious prayer meeting. And, and, and you're playing around at the door. And finally, he convinced her that it was Peter. He went and she went and she told her parents and the elders there at the prayer meeting, listen, Peter's out. He's at the door right now. And they said, you saw an angel. You're having an illusion. Uh, you know, go sit down somewhere. But finally, she convinced them, and they went and opened the door, and there was Peter. Wow. Peter shows up. It seems as though they weren't expecting much to happen, but Peter was at the door, and no one was expecting him to be there. That's like praying for rain and leaving your umbrella at home. And so they show up at the door, and sometimes it takes just enough faith to pray. Sometimes all we need to do is show up in prayer. You may not feel like praying, but pray anyway. It's not how you go down in prayer, because you could go down grumbling and complaining and filled with doubt that anyone's going to happen or is anyone really listening to me. It's not about how you go down in prayer. It's about how you come up. You see, preaching is theological, but prayer is therapeutic. And when we get into prayer, things begin to change 
on the inside. Look at David. When we read the Psalms, they're filled with two things. David is either complaining or he's praising God. He went down complaining, but he always comes up at the end of the Psalm praising. It's not about how you feel. It's not about what you think. Because the power of prayer doesn't lie in the one who's praying. The power of prayer lies in the one who is listening. And that's God. How much faith does it take? Sometimes just enough faith to pray. Just enough faith to talk to God about the situation. Just enough faith to take you into the presence of God. And remember, we're not, when we pray, trying to connect with God. But really, as believers, we're praying out of connection we already have with God. And so we are showing up in prayer and beginning a conversation with him. It's not as though God were way out there, but God is here, a very present help. I love to say this, God is as near as a whispered prayer. We are always connected with him. And when we speak, even in a whisper, it's not about how we feel in prayer, like we could really get it on and we could really go to warfare. It's not about that. Because as I said, the power doesn't lie in the individual who's praying. The real power lies in the one who we're talking to. And with him, nothing is impossible. So the, the, the first two things say, how much faith does it take? You know what, just the size of a mustard seed, just enough faith to obey. Just enough faith to do what God asks you to do. That's enough faith. How much faith does it take? Just enough faith to pray. Just enough faith to talk to God about your situation. He said, if we would go into the closet and close the door, he would meet us there. He didn't say we had to come in feeling bold and strong and empowered and all of that. He said, just show up and I'll show up. And remember, God is not in the bleachers or, or, or in the grandstand judging our prayer that when we pray, says, that's a one. Oh, wow, that's a 10 there. He's, he's not judging our prayers. He's simply listening to our hearts. And sometimes all it takes is just enough faith to show up. There's been times in the last 50 years of ministry, I've just gone to my office or gone into the prayer room and just sat there. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to say it, but I just showed up. And God has a way of saying, if you go and shut the door, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. All we have to do, it takes enough faith to pray. How much faith does it take? The third thing is enough faith to stay, to stick around, to continue, to persist, to not give up. And there's a story in Matthew 15 of a Canaanite woman or a Syrophoenician woman who comes and comes to Jesus and she cries out, Lord, my daughter is vexed with a demon. And she goes through all these stages. The first thing the Bible says is Jesus answers her not a word. Sometimes we don't get an immediate answer from God when we do pray, but we have to just stay there in faith. He says, he answered her not a word. 
Sometimes we have to learn how to deal with the silence of God to have a really effective prayer life. We have to just stay there. And then also, after he didn't say anything to her, the disciples started talking. They said, Lord, send this woman away from us. Uh, she's bothering us. And, and she could have said, listen, nobody's talking to you. You don't have that kind of power. But she just stood there. And sometimes you have to deal with people. The disciples shunned her. And sometimes people are our problem. People are the issue that we are struggling. People are the challenge that we are dealing with. But sometimes you just have to stay there. You have to remain there in prayer. You have to continue in prayer. You have to be consistent in prayer and not to give up. And so she endured and stayed there even though she didn't hear God saying anything back to her. Jesus answered her not a word. Even though the disciples were belittling her and telling Jesus to send her away that they were bothering. Then Jesus finally turns to her and he gives her an explanation of why he can't do it. He says, I'm but sent to the lost tribe of Israel at this time. He was kind of talking about a dispensation. It wasn't time for the Gentiles yet, but it was time for the Jews to receive him and to hear from him. But sometimes you have to push through explanations. Sometimes you don't only get them from God, but you get them from people and friends and family that tell you all the reasons why you can't do what God's asked you to do. All the reasons why it's not going to happen or it's not going to come to pass. And we have to deal with all of those reasons. But she stayed even through the explanation. And then on top of everything else, she had to stay there through what was seemingly rejection from Jesus because Jesus then turns to her and she says, it's not good for me to give the children's bread, talking about those people of Israel, to the little dogs. And she didn't get offended at that, but she came back to him as she stood, even though it seemed like she felt like she was being rejected, she stayed right there. And she prayed, and the Bible says she came on, our knee, on her knees, and she worshiped him. And listen, worship under any condition can accelerate the purposes and the will of God when we worship. She honored him anyway. And she said, well, I might be a dog, but listen, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Can I just get a crumb I tell you this morning, a little bit from God is more valuable than a whole lot from people. This kind of faith holds on. It stays in God's presence until that faith is satisfied. How much faith does it take? It takes enough faith to stay, enough faith to stick it out. Enough faith not to give up. Enough faith not to grow weary. Enough faith just to hold on. Even if it's by your fingernails, you're holding on. And you're continually coming into God's presence. You're continually praying. It's called what the old saints used to say. They call it praying through. Sometimes you have to pray through your problems. You have to pray through your storms. You have to pray through your difficulties. You have to pray through your hard times. And you have to stick it out and stay. Can you say stay? It takes enough faith to stay. 
And so it takes, first of all, enough faith to obey, to do what God has asked you to do. And we can find that in his word. It takes enough faith to pray. We just show up in the prayer room. We show up in our office. We show up on our couch. We show up at our bedside, wherever it is that we pray. And we talk to God about our situation. We talk to God about our circumstance or what we are going through. And then it takes enough faith to stay. You got to stick it out. Don't give up on what you're believing God for. Don't give up on what you're trusting God to bring to pass. Don't give up on what you are struggling and fighting your way through. Stay there, stay there, stay there, and pray through. It takes enough faith just to stay, to obey, to pray, and to stay. And finally, it takes enough faith to say, S-A-Y, say, There's a story in Matthew 14 where Jesus sends the disciples to the other side of the lake. He goes away and he prays. And later on that night, he comes walking to them on the water. And the Bible says he would have passed them. But they cried out. They thought it was a a ghost. They thought it was a figment of their imagination. They couldn't really believe that it was really Jesus until finally Peter says, Lord, if that's really you, bid me to come. Call me to come. And he said, come, Peter. And Peter got down out of the boat and began to walk on the water. Wow. Peter walking on the water. But all of a sudden, Peter noticed the wind. He noticed the waves. And so when he noticed the winds and the waves, he's clocking the winds. He's measuring the waves. And doubt comes in and he begins to sink. And then Peter cries out as he's sinking these three words, Lord, save me. There are times that we need to say something. The psalmist says in the Psalms, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We should say something. The book of Romans says, what shall we say to these things? And the answer is, if God be for us, who can be against us? We should say something, something. You could say, I know God is able. Or you could say, Lord, I trust you. Or you could say, God is good all the time. Or you could simply say, and I've prayed this prayer at least a thousand times, Lord, help me. Just a three-word prayer. But you should say something. Because there is something about crying out to God in our difficult circumstances, when we are in an emergency, when we are overwhelmed with life, when there's something that came up that was unexpected, we ought to speak out and say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Lord is good. I trust you, Lord. I believe you, God. My faith and my hope is in you. When there's something that we don't know or understand, we must rely on and stand on what we do know and understand. And one of my favorite verses is Romans 8, 28, that says, and we know, this is a fact, and we know all things work together for the good 
to them that love God and are called according to his purposes. And at times, that's what we need to say. We need to declare that. We need to declare that to ourselves. We need to say that to to what we are contending with. Sometimes we should quit talking to God about our problems. and, And sometimes we ought to talk to our problems about how big and great God is. He says, if you come to this mountain and say, be thou removed, it'll be removed. Sometimes you got to speak to the mountain to say something, to declare that all things do work together for the good. We know God is good. We know that God loves us. He tells us that in John 3, 16. We know that he is in full control all the time because he is a sovereign God. How much faith does it take? It takes sometimes enough faith just to say something, just to say God is good or I believe God or or, or, I'm trusting in him to say something. And so as we look at this, how much faith does it take? The disciples are praying, Lord, increase our faith. The Lord says, if you have faith the size as a mustard seed, it's not about the size, but as a mustard seed, the, the size as a mustard seed, it was a growing and living, dynamic faith, believing and trusting in a living God. And that faith can grow and grow within us. If I really wanted to get strong and have this great physique, and I'd just go to the prayer room and say, God, please give me muscles. Please give me muscles, Lord. I, I, I want to look like Arnold. I, I want to look like, like Huck Hogan. And, and, and I would get big muscles. That's not how it works. You've got to go to the gym. And you've got to pick up a weight. And you've, that weight is pressed against those muscles. And there's a resistance. And as you continue to push forward, as you continue to push on, those muscles against that resistance uh, uh, begin to grow and they begin to develop. It's the same with our faith. We're going to face some circumstances. We're going to face some situations. We're going to face some things that are bigger and greater than us and they are trying to push us in. But the Bible says greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. And so by faith, we keep pushing out. We keep pushing out because he's greater in us. And as we do, our muscles are developed. Our faith is developed. It grows and it develops into a strong, strong faith. The just, if we would live correctly, if we want to live according to what God wants us to live, if we were to live according to the word of God, the just shall live, conduct their lives by faith. He says it four times in scripture, the just shall live by faith. And we're all challenged in our faith from time to time. If it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not something big, it's something small. If it's not something that we were prepared for, it's something that comes at our inconvenience. But we must continue to obey, to do what God asks us to do, and that's simply to trust him. We must continue to pray. We can't grow weary in praying and even if we don't feel like it emotionally or, or if our heart's not really in it and if we're, we're having a bad day, just show up and pray and say, Lord, I'm here. I'm here in your presence and I need your help. And enough faith to stay. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. 
Don't, don't sit down, but trust God and hold on in faith. Stay there. Be persistent. Be consistent. Don't give up. Don't take down. Don't back up, but stay. And then enough faith to say, declare who God is in your life. First tell yourself, then tell your problems, and then tell anyone else who's got an ear to listen. Say something. Obey, pray, stay, and say, the just shall live by faith. How much faith does it take? If you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up, and it would be done. It's not the size of the faith. It's the quality of the faith, that it's a real faith that's growing and developing inside of you. The just shall live by faith. Bless you. Appreciate the time and the opportunity to talk with you. And if you're challenged, listen, meet the challenge. Meet the challenge. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. God bless you. Wow, wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. Listen, I told you guys we were going to be blessed. Now, we can't just be hearers of the word. We've got to put it into action. So scan the QR code right here on the screen, if you would, please. And I want to take you directly to our reflection question. This is a reflection question that Dr. Tony wants each of us to wrestle with. Here it is. What area of your faith are you challenged in? Now, as you wrestle with that question, go back and look at the insights that Dr. Tony offered during the course of this message and apply it to that area of your life where God wants to continue to grow your faith. Now, for somebody who's listening today, this is the moment that you want to make a life-altering decision. You want to surrender your life and destiny to Jesus. Right up under Next Steps with Jesus, you'll see an, Next Steps with Jesus, you'll see an opportunity to check the right box for, for that person who says, I want to be a Jesus follower for the very first time, or for that person who says, I want to recommit as it relates to my faith, you can do that. And if you want us to come and walk along beside you so you don't have to figure out next steps by yourself, there's a place for you to indicate that. And we'll reach out to you wherever you are in the world. Finally, don't you dare miss next weekend. I'm going to be back. I've got a special word next weekend. And so right here, 9 and 11 a.m. Pacific time, we'll be here. And if you're in the local Bay Area, please drop in and check us out at one of our local campuses.